Lineup Logic to the MMA DFS pod. Talk some fights tonight. Got a good one this weekend in UFC 221, taking place on the other side of the world in Australia. Much better card this week than the past two. Really felt forced by the UFC in the last two cards, especially in UFC Bellum down in Brazil. Boring fight out of Machida and Anders. Yeah, There's nothing worse than a boring five-round fight. wasn't particularly exciting. Machida's got a reputation for that at times. He plays it safe, uses his karate, which isn't the most exciting style. Grinded out a, a home turf decision. I don't think anybody was happy with that card. The card before, at least from a DFS perspective, there were so many heavy favorites who scored over 100 points. You know, you were scoring. 400 points in a lineup and not cashing, you know, 4 475, even 500 wasn't cashing in places. So, you know, not a fun DFS night when you feel like you had a good lineup, but everybody else did too. But moving on, that's all uh it's water under the bridge coming into this week. Really excited about this card. You got Yoel Romero taking on Luke Rockholt for the interim belt at 185. Great fight there. Two of the best in the world. Really excited. A lot of KO potential in this card, as is typical with a card taking place in Australia. A lot of home favorites. You know, guys from either Australia, New Zealand, some Asian fighters that kind of uh, get get some fans to travel there or have you know a following. So you'll, you'll hear the crowd for sure. Also tough for guys going into Australia to, to go over there and, and challenge. You know, not an easy flight. Most people try to get there in advance and get acclimated, but I spent some time in Australia, lived there for a few months. You get off that plane and you just don't know up from down. You're literally, days and nights are reversed. So something to keep in mind for, for guys who have had to travel. But let's jump right in here. First fight on the early prelims, you got Ross Pearson versus Mizuto Hirota. Two uh, well-traveled veterans here, both guys over 30 fights in their records. Pearson's on a pretty bad losing streak, hasn't looked like the same fighter the last six times he's stepped into the octagon. You know, he's known as a guy who will fight anybody anywhere, and that can catch up to you after uh, he's got 43 fights, um, 44 fights. So, you know, it's it's he's a warrior, but you're, when you get into the 40s, uh, it wears on you. I think, you know, Hirota's probably got the edge in this one, in my opinion, even though he's the underdog. He's a smarter fighter. He can wrestle, decent striking. Um, you know, for Pearson, I feel like everything has to go right at 8,600. It's a steep price. You know, Marota is much more palatable um, at a 7,600 price tag. But not uh, not somebody I'd go out of my way to roster, but decent salary relief with Marota. Hirota, I'm sorry. Then uh, next one on the under, the early prelim, Teruto Ishihara, Jose Canones. Interesting clash of styles here. Uh, Ishihara is kind of a... A wild card, just hands down, not great technique. Most of his wins have come after getting tagged and an opponent is is starting to press. 
he's pulled out a, a savage left hand and he's a southpaw, which could pose some problems, but Canones uh, is a much more measured fighter. Got the reach advantage um, here a little bit. Uh, he goes in and out, picks his spots, uses his pace, can wrestle a little bit. Ishihara does not have very good wrestling. So I, I th- if I had to pick one here, Canones in a decision, slight chance Ishihara could, you know, f- throw a hail mary knockout. But you know, it comes down to me um, for Canones to the takedowns. If he can secure a few takedowns, that puts him probably into the nineties, and you know, that's decent. Without him. It's it's a tough price, eighty seven hundred for a guy who doesn't have a huge knockout chance. And the last fight on the early prelims, you got Luke Jumio versus Daichi Abe. I'm just skipping right over this fight. It, neither guy's a great striker, neither guy's a great wrestler. They're priced pretty evenly. You know, I don't expect a lot of scoring in this fight. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe there's a knockout, but uh, I'd rather, I'd much rather drop down a few hundred or up a few hundred to some of the other guys in that range and, and work off of there. And then uh, getting into the, the real undercard, the prelims, hometown favorite Damian Brown is taking on Dong Hyun Kim of South Korea. Yeah. Kim a much better bigger fighter uh in in terms of reach uh two inch reach advantage there and and utilizes it brown's kind of a brawler mixes it up isn't afraid to take shots has a decent chin but he's been stopped uh vince pinchel uh stopped him with a pretty nice short right so I think Kim has got a big edge here. Kim's got wrestling. You know, he he averages almost two and a half takedowns. Pretty good um, at securing them. Good striking. I would imagine he doesn't want to get into a war uh, the way he did in his earlier days because that's exactly what Brown wants. He just wants to throw and stand and throw and stand. So I would expect Kim's game plan to be more wrestling based. So that, uh, with that, I really like his price. Um, Eighty six hundred can really pay with the wrestling there. I think. Oh, I'm sorry, eighty five hundred. And the next one, Rob Wilkinson versus Israel Adesanya. Uh, Izzy is one of the best kickboxers in the world. He's been mixing kickboxing and MMA for a little bit. Um, I guess he's finally over to the UFC now, and his first UFC fight. Tough draw for Wilkinson. You know, as an Australian, he's the only guy who really got a tough fight. He's got to be looking at these other guys drawing tin cans and saying, like, Hey, where's my cushy matchup? You know, um, Israel striking is just insane. His his hand speed, his power. He's long. Um, 
just really tough to deal with. His kicks are just brutal. Um, you know, he throws the, this question mark kick off his off his left leg, and like sometimes guys don't even block it because it doesn't look like he's throwing much behind it, and it just hits him square in the face. They go to sleep. So, not uh, not a great spot for Rob Wilkinson. Um, and you know, Israel also has pretty good takedown defense. He's got decent traditional takedown defense of, of sprawling, staying away, but he's developed this kind of, uh, judo sweep takedown defense where as guys come into him, he'll just sweep them and into a throw, which is even better. It's an offensive defense. So there's some points possible there. But yeah, he's he's a big favorite. Um, the betting is really piling up on him. Um, you know, the line's gone even further in the other direction. I, I think it was started out like two seventy five. It's into the three hundreds now. Minus two seventy five. That is. Uh, so you know, I, I like him for a knockout. I think first round he can get a little bit lackadaisical at times, but as the round starts to come to an end, pour it on. Uh, so I think first or second round knockout, he's probably the best odds for a knockout in this card. Next one on here. And, and this one, uh, you know, I'm not really sure where the line's coming from. You got Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Jeremy Kennedy. You know, Volkanovsky's, he's a good, well-rounded fighter, but he's got three fights in the UFC. It's, it's not like he's, Matt Hughes or anything. Uh, Jeremy Kennedy, same thing, three fights in the UFC, but he's got this kind of sneaky, smothering wrestling Kennedy, that is. You know, we saw it last time out um, against uh, against Kyle Bochniak. And uh, it, it just, you know, he just, he used his reach to keep him at bay and then picked his spots and took him down. I don't see why he can't do that to Volkanovsky here. You know, Volkanovski's a decent wrestler, and I think people are looking at it saying, well, he does what Kennedy does well, so, you know, it should be a wash there, but I don't think he's on the same level. I mean, you know, that's why it's, that's why you have the fight. We're going to find out. Uh, Kennedy averages seven takedowns, so that's huge. So the things I like are that he's a high-volume takedown wrestler, and that Volkanovski has good scramble ability and can pop right back up. So he's not going to stay on top of him for the entire round. The takedowns can pile up. Uh, you know, the, the one concern would be Volkanovsky's power. He's absolutely got power. Uh, you know, it all comes down to if Kennedy can utilize his, his big height advantage and keep, uh, keep the Aussie at bay. Last card on the, Prelim. I'm sorry. Last flight on the prelim undercard. Uh, Juicier Formega against Ben Wynn. This is another really good fight. Um, Formega was in title contention a little while ago. Uh, slick submission specialist. You know, can strike as well, but really where he wants to be is on the ground and get his hooks into you. So he's dangerous there. Ben Wynn is kind of like a 
a Jack Russell. He he's you know a little dude, but one hundred percent energy all the time. Really, really hard power for a guy who's one twenty five. Um, you know, you, you really like this this one twenty five weight class because usually the guys do a little of everything. They wrestle, they strike, and and that's true of Win. He didn't have the wrestling early on, but he's added it. Um, you know, he he he'll get a takedown or two in, in his fights these days with that power. Uh, I like him here. It's it's a heads up fight, both in the odds and in the pricing. They're both eighty one hundred. You know, um, it's hard to argue either is a is a great play or a bad play, but I think the power of win gives him the shot at the knockout, which is huge. Um, so that's, that's where I'm looking. Uh, I would, I would even stack this fight. It could go all three rounds with, with a fair amount of action. You know, wind tends to be frenetic in his scrambles. Um, so he could pop up if he's taken down, get taken down again or pop up, strike, get his own takedown back and forth, uh, fight here. So definitely, the potential for a good bit of, of, of scoring. All right, then moving on to the main card. Uh, Jake Matthews versus Li Jianlang. My, my Chinese, my Mandarin is a little rusty. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure if I nailed that one or not. Uh, Jake Matthews, He's had a so-so career, you know. Uh, he's had some wins that people didn't think he necessarily won the fight in. Xing Lang is a better striker. Should be able to suppress the wrestling of Matthews. You know, uh, 50% takedown defense, that's passable. Um you know, Matthews takedown accuracy, nothing to write home about in the thirties as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really on Matthews much here. If you needed him in a salary release situation where you've already used another fighter that we liked down in that area. Okay. 7,400 maybe. Um, but conversely, you know, Jean Lang being 8,800, that's a big price tag to pay off. Uh, he would he would need a knockout to do it. He's got a good amount of knockouts in his career, um, but that can be deceiving when you haven't really fought anybody uh, in your early days. So you know, not a fight that I'm I'm rushing to roster again. I think there's people that are in both guys' price ranges that are better plays and and have a higher upside. So I'd, I'd stay towards the other guys. All right, jumping in to the next fight, Tyson Pedro versus Saperbeck Safarov. Uh, Safarov has one UFC fight. It's a knockout loss to John Volante. Uh, if you were getting knocked out by Gian Vellante, your days in the UFC are numbered for sure. Uh, 
you're probably only fighting in cards that are in Australia, Europe, places that your typical fighter isn't looking to travel to. Um, you know, Pedro, really well-rounded fighter, offers some takedowns, good striking, pretty measured fighter, isn't uh, isn't a loose cannon, but has a good amount of first-round KOs. He's coming off a, a tough loss um, to Alir Latifi, where he just got out-wrestled um, and had a hard time dealing with uh, everything Latifi brought to the table. Was on was on a bit of a streak before that, you know. Uh, it's got knockouts of Khalil Roundtree Jr., Paul Craig. You know, Roundtree is about as hard of a hitter as they come, but was able to submit him in the first round. I'm sorry, I said a knockout of Roundtree. It's a submission. Uh, you know, he, he was he was smart in that fight. Pedro was you know, took him down, submitted him. So, um. You know, he's, he's come up doing MMA, Pedro. Steep price tag at 9100 but out of the guys over 9000 I think the best bet, he's got probably the worst opponent. So, you know, he, he's going to secure you a victory. Depends how, how early. You know, I, I think it's probably in the first round, but... I don't think it goes to a decision either way. Maybe Safarov can make it to the second round, but I don't see him being able to weather the storm past that. All right, then jumping up, we got a really good top of this card in these top three fights here. Bam Bam tied to Avasa. Big boy, man. He's he's only 6'2", but... He maxes out at 265. He's he's thick. Uh, and this is actually an in-shape version of, of Tuavasa. You, know, you look at some of his early stuff. He had a gut on him, man. He's he's half Samoan, half Aboriginal um, out of Australia. So he's got that Samoan look. Just carries the extra weight. But, man, he is quick. You don't You wouldn't think it to look at him. But he throws strikes really quick, moves in and out. Got one UFC fight, so he's raw. Um, but you, you know he's 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 harnessed in his aggression from the earlier days, where he would just go and swing and and go at a pace probably too fast for a guy his size. He was just wanting early knockout, early knockout. Swing, swing, swing. And his last time out, he didn't do that. He he was he fought a fighter's fight. Uh, the, what led to his knockout win was really a leg kick that put his opponent down, and then pulled off a flying knee after the guy got up. And it's only the second flying knee knockout in the heavyweight division in the UFC ever. So that tells you what kind of athlete he is. Uh, it's a great clip if you want to go watch it. The fight was um, Rashad Coulter. So, yeah, definitely look that up. Worth watching. He's 9300 Most expensive fighter on the night. Probably worth it. First round knockout's going to get you 100-plus points. Depends on how early into the first round it is. 
how many strikes he lands, if there's any wrestling involved. He's not a terrible wrestler. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people are comparing him to Francis Ngannou as somebody who's a knockout specialist that the strategy might be to just take him down, but it's not like he's never been on his back before and, and, and had to practice that or, or you know work it in a fight. He can get up. He's he's not Ngannou. He's not going to lay on his back and not know how to get up. He's He knows what he's doing on the ground. His opponent, Cyril Asker, out of France, kind of small for a, a heavyweight. He's only six feet. In the two forties, um, a smart fighter, shifty, uh, wrestles and strikes. You know, you you would think he's going to look to wrestle here, and that's what has people possibly worried that Tuivasa could just be you know taken down constantly because when there's a guy that has his kind of power, what do you do? You wrestle him, you tire him out, and then execute your game plan but I don't think Asker is a good enough athlete a good enough wrestler to pull that off here he's a little bit reckless he doesn't have an awful chin on him but he it's not like he's got a, an iron beard uh, I think to Avasa with his quick hands can definitely land and get him in trouble and the thing about Tuavasa's striking is he doesn't he's not like some guys who have to wind up from the hip and throw huge shots. He he fires them off, man. They are quick. Uh, I'm impressed with his hand speed if you can't tell. I think uh I think he's got a little bit of a reach and height advantage that's going to work to his favor. And he's going to catch Asker looking for a takedown early. Um Probably will be a popular fighter uh, because of the knockout potential. People like to roster heavyweights that can knock people out. It's your best. It's your best shot at a knockout is a heavyweight, just because he's naturally that powerful. You know, it's a lot easier to knock a guy out at two sixty five than one twenty five. Not not really any interest in Asker for me. Not in a stack. Uh, you know, I, I just think he's been brought in to, to take the L here and, and build up to Avasa. And he's the cheapest fighter on the night, if that tells you anything. All right, then the co-main. It's Australia, so of course Mark Hunt is in a fight. Taking on Surgeon Curtis Blades. You you may recognize Blades as Francis Ngannou's first knockout victim, well, technical knockout it was a doctor stoppage. Uh, got his left eye sealed shut, but he hung in there with Ngannou. So it's an interesting one here. What I keep coming back to is: Can Blades offer anything that Mark Hunt hasn't seen before? And the answer for me is no. You know, Blades is a decent wrestler. Got some striking. He's got reach. Good athlete. Um, but you know, Mark Hunt's been in there with the best wrestlers in the heavyweight division. Uh, he's been in there with the best strikers in the heavyweight division. He's, he's had to train, you know, to stop takedowns of Brock 
Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? And he's been able to not a hundred percent, you know, he probably got taken down more than he didn't against Lesnar, but he was stuffing Lesnar takedowns. So, you know, he's not, he's not somebody that's easily taken down. He's, he's been in there striking with Overeem, Derek Lewis lately, you know, Antonio Bigfoot Silva. They had a couple wars. Uh, he got pounded by Stipe, uh, in their fight, but, as we all know, Stipe is a different animal, um, and he will pick you apart. So, yeah, tough fight to call here. Um, their pricing, Hunt is 7,800, Blades is 8,400. That's interesting to me, Blades getting the edge as the favorite. You know, it's it's Mark Hunt's home turf. You know, he's going to defend it. He's given up reach, he's given up height, but... Every single fight he goes into, you know, he's he's five ten, he's he's given up height and reach in every heavyweight fight he fights. He's in, you know, when he got into the UFC, he was a different fighter uh, after his days in Pride. His fitness got better, um, his striking more technical, very patient. You know, I think it comes down to can Blades stick with the takedowns? Can he? Can he get stuffed and have the confidence to keep looking for that takedown? Um, I think he's. I think that's executable. The question is: In the meantime, can he avoid getting an uppercut knockout from Hunt? Um, you know, just Hunt being the cheaper fighter, and this is probably one of his last fights. You know, he's 40, 42, 43. You know, I want to give the edge to Hunt. I think he probably wants to go out with a win. Um, He gets a win here. It's maybe a title shot for him. Uh, A stackable fight because there there could be some wrestling on Blade's end, and if he gets the win, good total. Um, Probably doesn't go the distance, but it could. Uh, So, But yeah, my, my pick for this one would be Mark Hunt by late TKO. And the main event, Yoel Romero, Luke Rockhold. What a fight here. Such a just top-of-the-food-chain matchup. Both of these guys, elite at what they do. Yoel Romero, Olympic-level wrestling, freak of nature physically. You know, you go look, just Google Yoel Romero. dude. Look at that physique, you know. He trains every minute of every day. Like he's got great fitness, great wrestling. He's gotten away from the wrestling a little bit um, in his UFC career, more striking, but he still uses it when he's in trouble. Luke Rockhold, you know, the UFC kind of wants him to be their golden boy. He's a part-time model. Uh, you know, big for the division, six four. Um, you know, at 185, that's a, that's a huge that's a huge middleweight. His kicks are the best in the UFC. They're heavy. He's got long legs, powerful legs with, with you know thick thighs. When he kicks you, it hurts. I think that's his game plan going into this one. Keep keep Romero at bay, utilizing the entire arsenal of kicks he has. 
you know, he can fire that back leg off quickly, and he's a southpaw, so it's the left leg. He's got good front kicks, um, you know, high kicks with knockout power. Romero tends to to gas as fights go, though he did go five rounds with Robert Whitaker um, at a at a fast pace, you know, at, at a at a real serious pace. Not you know was not a snoozer at all. That was a good fight, and he was in it till the end. Um, lost the decision to Whitaker, who's now the technical champ, and we're going to get the interim belt, and they'll meet up and unify the belts. So not a messy situation, but. Um, you know, the, the, what it comes down to is can Rockhold execute his game plan? He knows Romero's weaknesses. He knows the holes in his game, so he says. But when a dude like Romero is trying to take you down and is as persistent as he is, I mean, he will, he does not give up on a takedown. He's going to make you sprawl. He's going to push you against the cage. He's going to go for your legs. He's going to move up. He's going to get a body lock, take your back, pick an ankle. It just keeps going. You just have to keep defending and keep him off you. And you know, Rockhold's got decent takedown defense. He's got good a good submission game if he does go on his back. But mostly I think he's going to want to keep Romero off him using quick kicks to the midsection, lower legs, Um, you know, you take a couple body kicks from Luke Rockhold, you start lower in your hands. Uh, not, not something that feels good. But on the other hand, Rockhold, you know his his losses have come via knockout, and especially in his fight with Bisbing, it was unconventional striking. You know, kind of a weird moving overhand punch that caught him in a transition and, you know, had him scrambling, caught another one, couldn't rally. That's Romero's striking in a nutshell. Like he's kind of all over the place, looks for flying knees, you know, he leaps, not afraid to any, any fighter, not afraid to leave their feet in the way that Romero is, is confident in that. Like that's a rule you should probably never break, but, he has no problem doing it and gets away with it better than anybody. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a clash of fire and ice here. Romero bringing the fire and Rockhold being Mr. Cool, very composed, wants this fight to go five rounds, at least into the deeper rounds before he really starts to press. Um, you know, can he use that reach? I think so. Can he execute his game plan? That's my guess. I I think he picks at Romero for a round or two, wears him down. Rounds three and four, that's when he starts to to pour it on, ups the volume, looks for a knockout via kick. So, you know, um, but my confidence in that is is not huge. A a good fight to stack here. If, If Romero wrestles at all, definitely a good fight to stack there's probably some knockdowns a good shot at a knockout if it goes five it's because there was action um you know neither of these guys are going to sit back entirely even in even with Rockholt being measured he's going to be out there striking 
so yeah there you go um really really good card uh, excited for it you can get the the middle prelims on fs1 uh, if you have fs go on your on your phone or, or tablet a good app to to watch the prelims on yeah, there are other ways to watch the card uh if you're creative i'll say that um you know my favorite for a knockout probably uh is the adesanya my favorite upset if you could call ben win an upset i would say him that's a pretty even fight so i would i would go down really far to jeremy kennedy and say yeah for 7300 for a guy who's going to look to wrestle even if he gets it to a decision like i i can live with that he gets you 40 points maybe um if he wins the decision gets you 80 or 90 you know i i think it's i think people are reading into the odds and the pricing on um on volkanovsky too much put too much faith into him um you know exciting fights in tuavasa asker hunt blades you know uh, there's going to be some fireworks there for sure and then the you know the two two of the best fighters pound for pound period in the ufc and romero and rockhold mixing it up in a, in a main event five rounds you know there's this is a a, a title runoff where you know, a challenger runoff whoever wins this is clearly the number one challenger gets to take on Whitaker when he comes back which is probably by the end of the year uh, by the middle of the year so all in all great fight follow me at roto one roto underscore one w a n get me in the slack chat on lineup logic we got the mma channel some of you have joined it if not get in there happy to chat with you um, talk fights any questions, hit me on either of those spots. Enjoy the fights, guys. Have a good night.